Hello, and welcome to the Read to Know podcast, where the goal is to actually remember what you read so then you can better apply it to your life. On this podcast, we go through a book one chapter at a time, and then we actually practice remembering what we've read. So if you want to follow along, we're currently working our way through Bob Goff's book, Dream Big. I'm Zach Brown, and my friend Chris Yarber is joining me to help discuss and break down this book. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be huge if you left a rating and review for us. It would help out a ton. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, no worries. Just send this to a friend who might be interested. Anyway, thanks again for listening, and enjoy the conversation. So to begin here... Let's start out with another what's in your cup. <laughs> Again, you don't have Which is anything. Which mine is nothing. Right. You don't even have water. No. See, I have to have something because my mouth gets dry and I need I need something to drink. Yeah. So right now I have uh, coffee though. Yes. But I'm going to chase it down with a lime bubbly sparkling water. There you go. So this coffee is, um, the beans are from Peru. Okay. And I got the bag from Cafe Campesino, which if you're you did not go to Peru to get the beans. No, I did not. Yes, no. Um, if you're <laughs> if you're local to Americas, you will know Cafe Campesino. Um, got their beans from there. It's a great uh, great coffee. One of my favorites. It is good. Um, there, I've been getting that a lot over this quarantine. Is that with quarantine. the chocolatey? Is that the one with the chocolatey hint to it? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, a little bit. I think they might have of... some others that are that might have that kind of. Same, similar taste. Okay. Yeah, and all their coffees are from a place. The names of their coffees are from whatever, wherever the bean is from, right? Right. Peru, yeah. Mexico, different things like yep. that. Yeah. Yep. And that's another thing, actually. I've gotten into coffee a lot more, specifically brewing at home since this whole quarantine and stuff broke out. You know, a couple of days ago or the other day, I was talking about how I've gotten into sparkling water. Mm-hmm. I've also gotten into brewing coffee at home. I've been drinking coffee for a few years now, but I hadn't... I haven't uh, brewed my own coffee at home much until this quarantine. So I've gotten into that. So I brewed this cup on my AeroPress, and uh, it's really it is good. good Yeah, AeroPress is a lot better than just making a Folgers at home. So, but I love that you're just about to chase that down with a sparkling water, which, as I think we've discussed before, I'm not a huge fan of sparkling water. Just not my thing. But I enjoy a good diet coke. You know, I enjoy some good aspartame every once in a while. So. Yeah, I need that fix. Yep. So, moving on to what we actually came here to talk about, which is chapter 8 of Bob Goff's book, Dream Big. This chapter is called Getting to the New Part. The subtitle is Doesn't Matter Who You Were, God Cares About Who You Are Becoming. And if I could sum up this chapter in one word... I think that would be change. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Getting to the new part, really, he's he's challenging us in this chapter to become something, uh, to become new, uh, to embrace new and change, um, even when it comes to small changes. Of course, on our way to chasing our dreams and chasing our ambitions, we're going to have to make changes and shifts. Some of them are going to be big. Some of them are going to be small. But I think that that's a good habit to to get in. When a change comes your way in your life, to embrace it, to celebrate it, especially if it's in the purposeful direction that you have yourself heading. Uh, if, if you do get in the habit of embracing and, and accepting those little changes, then the big ones will become a lot easier for us to accept. Because I know for myself, change can sometimes be really inconvenient. 
especially if it's at a time that I don't don't expect, but it may be the best time to make a change on, on our way forward, uh, pushing forward in our life, then you know that's what has to happen. And as we accept that more and more, we get better at it and we can become um, the new people that we need to do, to be to really chase our dreams. Um, and I think that Bob had some of those moments in his life as he breaks down um, in this chapter and in other chapters as well as he tells these amazing stories that he does. Right. So, yep. Of course, again, if you're if you're reading along, you'll understand these stories because um, he can tell them better than we can. But I like some of the overarching kind of themes of this chapter, especially when he's talking about change. He's not just talking about, I think, changing you know your mindset, changing your you know, this or that or whatever, right. but it's he's kind of covered that already. Right. Right. It's yeah. kind of like a, it's kind of like an idea of, you know, life's going to have seasons and life's going to change and your ambitions and what you do should flow with it. Right. You know, like there's this constant evolution of ourselves in a sense and our ambitions flow ebb and flow with that as well. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, he talks about how he was a lawyer for, <laughs> You know, years. Yeah, which and, after seeing interviews and talks with him, you would never think that he was a lawyer. I mean, I would love to see him in a courtroom work because I, I just can't. It's just kind of hard to picture right. sometimes. But he says, wouldn't that it he be can, great to be a juror if if uh, Bob Goff was the lawyer? I know. In that you know situation? how accepted you would feel <laughs> um, because he said, you know, I can take a bar exam like some people take a blood test. You know, he can just he can just do it. Yeah. You know, so it's amazing. But yeah, so he was a lawyer at one time. Yeah, he was a lawyer for years and he was good at it and he enjoyed it. And that's and I think that's the interesting thing is he 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 makes this um, point here that just because you're good at something and just because you enjoy it even doesn't necessarily mean it's what you have to do. Right. And I think oftentimes when we get stuck in ruts, it's because we got stuck in a habit of just doing things that we're good at. Right. And it's just in our wheelhouse. And one, we're not stretching ourselves. Two, I think we just kind of get comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's why, uh, you know, we're meant for change and we should embrace it. And he was, a in his example, he was a lawyer and he enjoyed that and that was good. But then other things started coming up that he was more interested in. Yeah. And in chasing those things, being a lawyer started to become less and less of a priority to the point to where he literally handed his keys off to someone else his uh, his own law firm he had his own firm and said you owe me nothing for the law firm you take it over i'm going to go and and do this and so he leveraged what he was good at he leveraged an ambition that he had maybe in his 20s and to to take him to the next step and that's a big that's a big change that was new for him um and and that journey along the way changed him, uh, which he talks about earlier in the book. But like you said, I think that's so powerful that just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's what you have to do. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful that I realized that in college because for all of my life, I thought that music was my like, uh, classical music. Cause I, you know me, I, I played low brass instruments, um, starting in middle school and, and still, and still do now. But that's, that's really about the only thing that I was good at. Not an athletics guy, just, uh, music was what I was good at. And so that's what I thought I had to do. But if you're able to tell yourself, okay, and give yourself permission in a sense, you don't yeah. have to do what you're good at. That doesn't have to be what you you have to be stuck in. Right. You can do uh, you can do something uh, necessarily that um, is that stretches you and molds you, like you said, that may not become as natural, 
but you find so much more joy and purpose in it than you would in those things that you're good at. So. Right, and that's the great thing about life. You know, I mean, we're not we're not stuck in boxes. Right. You know, the only boxes that we're stuck in is the ones that we made for ourselves, yeah. basically. And that's what he's saying here. And I and going back and looking at that situation, like he just he just quit his own firm that he started. And we just kind of, he makes a joke out of it in the book. But seriously, if you think about that, if there's anyone who has started a business, you know, that's basically like your baby. Right. You know what I mean? And he, he was making good money too. Yeah. So financially, everyone else is looking at him thinking, what in the world are you right. doing making this kind of change? Right. But even giving up your own business, yeah. just being like done, never going back there again, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, that's, that's a big, that's a big pivot and that's a big conviction, you know, and that's a big change. I think a couple key takeaways from this from this story, this analogy. I think it's interesting that also first before he did that though, he still leveraged the skill that the thing he was good at first before he completely cold turkey dropped it or and and moved on with what he was doing in Uganda starting schools, um helping kids over there in Uganda. He was actually using uh his skills as a lawyer. Um, and it actually was very beneficial. I think he goes into more detail in Love Does or Everybody Always, maybe maybe both of those. He <laughs> talks about it more. Um, but he was able to use those skills in this new thing that he was working on. And yeah. so um, you can use skills that you already have in new areas, new ambitions, uh, and new challenges that you take on. Right. And then the second thing is that just because, you know, something was a passion at one point in your life doesn't mean that it always has to be. Right. And just because you do something at one point in your life doesn't mean you always have to do it. Right. And he makes the distinction here between being capable of something and being made for something. Yeah. And he was capable of being a lawyer. He wasn't necessarily made to be a lawyer though. Mm-hmm. And, um, those are the things that he wants us to think about here when it comes to change. Right. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, really, it, even if and I, and I feel like he, he doesn't say this, but I, I get a sense that he would he would say yes to this. Is is that for some people reading this book, you may be living your dream right now, and I, I would I would think for most of my life personally that for most of mine, I mean this. The, what the the stage that I'm at in my life right now ha, has been an ambition of mine. I'm kind of living in this and enjoying this right now. But at the same time, even though you may may be living in an in, during uh, in an ambition, excuse me, in your life right now, um, again we have to be willing to in the future, and we recognize this now and get used to this now and see where uh, our life takes us. We have to be willing to make those changes to accept that new, uh, because although we may be living in, in a dream right now, in an ambition right now, that may change as our life goes. And so let's be willing to change and accept that right, and move right. forward. Yeah, it's, as he mentions, it's a continual evolution kind of of ourselves and of right. our passions and desires and uh, what we are kind of continually walking in what we were made to do and figuring that out one step at a time and then walking in it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to open up the book. And yeah, let's pull it out. Specifics. Yeah. Uh, so you you said what I, I wish I could. I wish I could repeat it exactly like you said it, um, which I think I remember now. You said, you know, that there's a difference between um, what we're doing and what we're made to do. Capable Something of. Capable of. Made to do. And made yeah. to do. For Bob Goff, he, he starts off the chapter and... Um, 
says that even if God is no big deal to you, because what he he tries to communicate is is what he believes is that what you're what you're made to do, God has made you. Uh, to do it. Um, and even if God is no big de- deal to you, he says your life is a big deal to him. Um, and he says that pursuing your ambitions needs to start from uh, a position of acceptance and, and not compliance. Mm-hmm. And then I love this next part just to set us up. He says compliance only lasts until you decide you're not going to comply anymore, um, that we won't be able to get uh, to the best parts of our lives and faith without accessing the best parts of acceptance. So I thought that was a beautiful start to this chapter. Right, right. He also continues kind of that same thought here. And, you know, you said mentioned capability. He says, you're also capable of being both a jerk and a relational genius. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And uh, you also have a measurable untapped potential. Mm-hmm. But basically what he says is, uh, let's try a little bit, tr- let's try to be a little bit less of a jerk and a little bit, a little bit more of uh you know um of the other thing right and he and even he even talks about you know except accepting yourself in a mm-hmm. sense you know that the the fixes to he says the fix is easy give yourself a hug or two on this journey and um he, i love how he writes that even with, even if you're not a hugger do it anyway you know and so i love those little right. piffy kind of statements that he that he throws in there um but then he moves on to this next section which is interesting, yeah. Um, where he talks about this idea of, of motivation of either love or fear um, is what he throws in there, and so he he says um, it's fear that stops love's love in its tracks every single time, and he says most of what is motivate uh, excuse me most of what we do is motivated by either love or fear, and the trick is to figure out which one is doing the talking. He says. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully it's not fear. Hopefully it is love that's motivating and pushing right. us. Um, because I, I think in, in his mind, he's he's thinking, you know, it, it's love that's going to push us towards those that change and that new that we right. need, that purpose that we're that purpose that we're seeking. Um, because then he continues and said, and I love this line. He says that some of the ideas holding us back didn't actually originate with mm-hmm. with us. And that um, kind of refers back to the scripting. That we would talk about in Seven Habits, that oftentimes we have scripts that other people gives us, um, you know, whether we're looking for it or not. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, and he, he says this, if you want to get serious about finding or reactivating ambitions, um, it will require taking a purposeful pause from your usual activities to understand why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. So in order to p- make the change necessary the reason why I think he brings in this section of fear versus love is so that we can reflect and understand why we do what we do because right. the why behind what we do is very, very important. Right. Um, and, and it's either going to continue to push us forward or it's really going to drag us behind. Right. So, and I think the, the, if you tra- if you trace that back and you do figure out, you know, what was behind it, I think oftentimes probably is that the fear is what is, keeps you from that change and then the love is what pushes you towards that uh change right in you know furthering your ambitions evolving moving forward uh and maybe dropping off some old things that you used to right um make room for right right yeah for sure yeah um but he he gets into in these last couple pages as of course every chapter in this 
uh, book is is a little shorter. He he touches a little bit more specifically on this aspect of change and new. Um, and he says, what, what I'm trying to get at is this, is that God endowed each of us with something unique, and you mentioned this at the beginning, um, that there is, is a difference between um, what we are doing and what we were made to do, what, what, we're, what we're good at, and, and what we're good at is ne- not necessarily what we um, have, have to do. And since he says here that God endowed each of us with something unique, we need to find out what that what that uniqueness is. You know what we really what we really crush, um, and then live that out. Right. He says the trick is to get it into play. Right. And and I like that into play because it doesn't mean the trick is not to do that and do that all the time. Right. <laughs> but it's to get it into play. How are you going to use it effectively? Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of the key thing because oftentimes I think we hear a lot nowadays. We hear a lot of. What is the thing you're good at and you really like? And then just do that 24-7 and nothing else. Right. But that's not what he's saying here. He's saying, how can you use it effectively in any capacity, in whatever capacity may be most needed at that time in life? Yeah, yeah. Which is a a different thought than than I think what you hear uh, often. Yes, yeah, so... Yeah, that was good. And uh, he says here, it's easy to let our capabilities decide who we'll be, right? You know, what you're good at, and you're like, well, I guess that's just what that's what I'm doing because that's what I'm good at, mm-hmm. you know, and not diverting from that, um, even if you have desires to do so. Right. Um, he continues also, uh, well, he says there, he doesn't think that we should let our capabilities, our careers, or our successes even decide our future just because you had success in one area in life in the past doesn't mean that you should continue down that road if that's not where your heart is right um you know just because you've had success doesn't mean you should just continue and chase that success down for more success right um he does say though since you're on the topic mm -hmm. of success he does say um that if you're not finding newer and bigger uh, which I found this part in- encouraging um, because as as you read this book, I- I've thought to myself several times, maybe maybe I haven't spent um, a lot of my life dreaming and and thinking and thinking big enough. But he says if you're not finding newer and bigger, more beautiful ambitions, you probably don't need to get smarter, which is encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what you need to get is you need to get newer. Um, which he says this means you need to change a couple things as you evolve. Um, right. You don't necessarily need to ditch the past altogether, and that's where he gets into his his trip with you know Lori, uh, him becoming a lawyer, and the connection with Uganda and planning the schools mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, he he doesn't say that you necessarily need to neglect the past altogether. It doesn't mean that everything that you've done so far is worthless. Um, that sometimes the capabilities we have developed will help serve towards those new ambitions. Right. So that's for encouraging. Sure. For yeah. sure. And yeah, our desires and interests can and should change and be revised along the way. He continues, if everything stays the same, we never get to the new part. Right. So, you know, we can't let everything stay the same and we should uh, reach for change. We should embrace it, be excited for it. Yes. Um, he says, we can't be the new version of us if we're stuck being an old version. And we're going to need to change some things that have worked in our past in order to make way for our future. And so that's just an interesting point. You know, we're not cutting away the bad necessarily. It's even talking about cutting away some of the good things, but mm-hmm. just that season is over or that that time for that 
thing, that activity or that job, um, you know, has run its course. And so some things, and that's, I think that's true about everything has a time limit Mm -hmm. on it. Everything has, um, you know, an expiration date in life, you know, and at some point, you know, it's time to move on. And that's what he's talking about here. Right. In this chapter. Right. Which is a hard thing because it's not like change, you know, change, stop doing something bad and start doing something good. It's not that. It's talking about, you know, you may have do you might have done something good, you might have done something great. But is it is it what you should be doing now and continue to do now? Yeah, it's really easy for us to identify um, you know, good bad versus good necessarily, but really what he's talking about here is is the good versus the better or the best, or even sometimes, you know, the, the better versus the best. Um, he he ends this chapter with, with this line that I love that says, if we're limited to merely operating within our old capabilities, we'll never get to the new creation or ambitions um, our ambitions are guiding us towards. So we need to push. That needs to be our anthem as he ends as he ends this chapter is this new creation, new creation. That kind right. of needs to be our anthem to move past some of the old Right, because he says the sentence before that, he basically says that the that the good and the he said the affirmation that we may get from doing those good things may keep us in that complacency bubble. You know what I mean? Cause and and that's true. Like, you know, if you know, if you keep getting affirmation, positive feedback from doing this, well, you could at least say, at least, you know, if I do this, I get good results and people like it. And, you know, I could, I'm confident that if I do this, everything will work out fine. Yeah. But that's not, you know, we're not going for, I think everything will work out fine. And it's, you know, that's the safe bet. Right. That's not what we're talking about here when it comes to dream big. We're not talking about the safe bet. Yeah. And that's what he's talking about, moving past just the safe bet mm-hmm. and moving towards something a little bit more ambitious than that yeah yeah so that pretty much does it for this chapter getting to the new part tomorrow we're talking about chapter nine sleep walking and i also wanted to mention here at the very end closing before we wrap up if you guys have been those of you listening and following along um if you've enjoyed this so far and uh and you have some thoughts as well with any of these chapters please like reach out to us hit us up at Read to Know Pod on pretty much all Instagram, Facebook, anywhere. Um, send us a message. Send us an email. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys and what you think so far about this book. Um, and if you have any specific thoughts on any of the chapters, let us know. Yeah, and we would love to share those in an episode as well. So if uh, you, uh, whether you're uh, reading with us, or maybe you get ahead a little bit and share some thoughts on some future chapters. We'll we'll pull those up and say, hey, this is what this is what so and so thought, and discuss that and have a good time discussing that. So yeah, yeah we definitely sure. want to hear what you have to say. Yep, reach out to us at read to know pod and email read to know pod at gmail.com. Thanks guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.